Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Today's truly a blessed and beautiful day for us as a parish and as Catholics as we celebrate this feast of Corpus Christi, the solemnity and honor of the body and blood of our Lord in the Eucharist. It's also a beautiful day because we get to celebrate the First Communion uh, for eight of our students as they receive for the very first time this precious gift of our Lord. And the gospel that the church gives us today is perhaps one of the most important gospels for us as Catholics. Because it's where Jesus speaks in unambiguous terms about how serious he is about the Eucharist and about what he truly intended it to be. He speaks in the strongest and starkest terms, saying over and over again, four times in a row, He says that we must truly eat his flesh and drink his blood. It's not a symbol. It's not a sign. It's not something that just reminds us of Jesus. It is truly him, God and man, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And this is a hard saying. You know, as Catholics, we've heard it our whole life, so we kind of get maybe used to it a little bit. But it truly is a hard teaching to believe that we are literally receiving the flesh and blood of our Savior when we receive communion. It's not something that we believe through our senses, based upon what we see or taste. It's not even something we believe because of reason, because it makes sense to us. It's something we believe by faith. This is true of all the mysteries of our faith that we put our trust in the words of our Lord, that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is God himself, and therefore he is all-powerful. He is the creator of everything that exists. And God can take bread and wine and change it miraculously into his own body, blood, soul, and divinity. While it still appears to the senses to be bread and wine. This is what the church calls the source and summit of the Christian life. The source and summit of our faith is Christ's real presence in the Holy Eucharist. But to really appreciate this gift and what it truly means and what it truly costs, it's helpful to know a little bit more about the context and some of the background in salvation history. I think we all know that Jesus instituted the Eucharist on Holy Thursday at the Last Supper, which was a Passover meal. And the Passover was like the Jewish Holy Week for us. It was the most important sacred time of the year where they would commemorate what God had done for them. And we all know the story, right? God sent Moses into Egypt to rescue the Israelites from slavery. And he did it through the ten plagues and then through bringing them through the Red Sea. Because Pharaoh was obstinate, he was hard of heart, he wouldn't let the Israelites go. But before the final plague, the one that actually broke uh, the chains, that set them free, that plague was the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians. 
to preserve them, to protect them from that plague, God told the Israelites, take a lamb, a one-year-old, unblemished male lamb, and offer it in sacrifice, slaughter it. And then take some of the blood and paint it on your doorposts, on the entrance to your home. The angel of death would pass over that home and you will be saved. And then they ate the lamb in the ritual Passover meal. And then Jesus, in that context, takes bread and takes wine and says, This is my body. This is my blood. Take and eat. Take and drink. But if we stop there, we don't actually get the full picture. We don't actually appreciate what the Eucharist is. If we just see the Eucharist in the context of communion, about receiving the body and blood of our Lord, we don't get the full picture. Because the Passover lamb that was eaten had to first be sacrificed. There was a death involved. And it was by the blood of the lamb that the Israelites were set free. But Jesus is the true Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and it's by His blood that we are redeemed. Jesus said, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. And He said, this is the chalice of my blood, which will be poured out for many. What's He referring to? He's referring to the cross. You see, the Eucharist cannot be understood apart from the cross. Holy Thursday cannot be understood apart from Good Friday. Without the cross, there would be no Eucharist. His body and his blood first had to be offered in sacrifice before it could be received in communion. There was a price to pay in order for us to be nourished by the life of our Lord given in the Eucharist. He first had to offer that life on the cross. And that's what we always need to remember so that we always have the appropriate gratitude and appreciation for the Eucharist because Jesus literally had to die in order for us to have it available. And from that, to stir up in our hearts a sense of reverence, a sense of longing, a hunger seeing the great love that our Lord had for us, that we would respond with our own love and seek to be ever more deeply united with Him in the Eucharist. And there's a couple consequences, a couple things that follow upon this truth, this reality, that the sacrifice comes first and that the communion is the fruit of the sacrifice. And these are both things that you've heard me say before, but it's just so important for us to really interiorize these. The church teaches us that the Mass is first and foremost the representation or the making present of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That's what's happening at Mass. That's what's happening at the altar. Is that God is miraculously and spiritually enabling us to be present with that sacrifice, to be there on Calvary so that we can worship our God so that we can give Him thanks and praise, and so that we can unite ourselves with Him. We all have our crosses to carry. We're meant to bring those to Mass, to put them on the altar, so that they can be united with Christ, 
and by being one with him in his sacrifice, then we can truly receive the fruits of that in communion. But if we're not one with him in his sacrifice, we won't be one with him in his communion. And so to come to Mass for the right reason, which is first and foremost about honoring the sacrifice of our Lord and uniting ourselves with it, Mass is not primarily or first about communion. Obviously, communion is beautiful, it's sacred, it's incredibly important. The sacrifice comes first. And then we partake of that sacrifice through communion. And kind of a corollary of this is that Mass is not about us. It's not about our experience. It's not about us being nourished. It's not about liking the homily. It's not about the priest or being able to understand what's going on. It's not about having the music that you like or or having things organized the way we want. It's not about us. It's about Christ. And when we truly have that proper priority, then we will get everything out of the Mass that we truly need. In fact, we'll get far more out of it. Because what we get out of Mass is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing else we need. And receiving that gift, we receive Christ's own life. As he said in the Gospel, the fruit of the Eucharist is eternal life, is Christ dwelling within us. And especially to our first communicants, all the second graders. Jesus loves you so much that he wants to live with you. He wants to be with you at every moment of your life so that he can guide you, so that he can strengthen you, so that you can experience his love. And so open your hearts to receive him. Ask him to come and live in you, and he will. And this is what he wants for all of us. He wants to live in us so that we can live in him, so that we can receive his love and his life given to us in the Holy Eucharist.